sermon preached at St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church of Hancock, Minnesota, a member of the Wells, on December 30th, 2012, based on Luke chapter 2, verses 29 through 32. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word from God through which the Holy Spirit opens our eyes to see our newborn Savior, the Christ child is Luke chapter 2, verses 29 to 32. Lord, now release your servant in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory of your people Israel. This is the word of our Lord. Dear friends in Christ, fellow saints, washed clean in the blood of our risen Savior. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. So ends the account of that first Christmas. And you know those words well because you hear them regularly each Christmas Eve. But what happened next? It wasn't the visit of the wise men. Rather, as we continue reading in Luke chapter 2, we learn that on the eighth day, this child was circumcised according to the Old Testament laws and was given the name Jesus. And the eighth day of Christmas, by the way, is New Year's Day on our calendar. What a way for us to begin each new year by remembering the name of Jesus name, which means Savior. The next event we're told of is on the 40th day. The young family travels to Jerusalem, a walk of about six miles from Bethlehem. You see, each firstborn son was to be presented to the Lord at the temple. This commemoration or, and dedication and uh, redemption goes all of the firstborn goes all the way back to when the Lord put to death the firstborn of the Egyptian sons, but spared the firstborn of the Israelites, passing over the houses that had the blood on the lamb. You remember that? Had the blood of the lamb on the door. The firstborn belonged to the Lord. And this presentation on the 40th day was a reminder of that. But Jesus, Jesus is the Son of God. And so we see how from the very beginning of his life here on this earth, the Son of God placed himself under the law. He did so in order to keep it perfectly for you and for me, dear friends. And as we see him doing that, even as a tiny baby, we see that he is the righteous substitute for all both young and old. Now, while they're at the temple, a man comes up to Mary and Joseph and takes the baby from their arms. He speaks those words you heard as the text here today, words we still use after Holy Communion. The man's name was Simeon. And although we do not know whether Simeon was young or old, we do know that he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. He was waiting in faith for the Savior. Simeon 
had now seen his salvation. He had held the Christ child in his arms. And we too, dear Christians, we too have seen our salvation. That's the theme here today. We've seen our salvation. What peace he brings, part one. And what light he gives, part two. First of all, as we listen to the words that Simeon speaks, as his opening words remind us of peace, don't they? They speak of peace. Lord, now let your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation. Simeon had been waiting and longing for the coming of the Savior. You know how hard it is to wait for something good, whether it's a payday or, or, or a vacation or grandparents coming or gift opening. How much more so when you're waiting for the Savior who is bringing a genuine consolation and true eternal comfort. How eagerly he desired to see the Savior with his own eyes, the Savior that the Lord had promised through the centuries. In fact, the Holy Spirit had revealed to him that he would indeed see the Savior before he died. How that must have heightened his anticipation all the more. (coughs) The Savior, whom Adam and Eve, whom Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, Moses and Aaron, David and Solomon and all the prophets, that Savior whom they had been waiting for was coming during his lifetime. Holds that Savior in his hands and sees him with his own eyes. He's released from all that tension of waiting. He's set free from all that anxious anticipation. For even though Christ's death and resurrection were still decades in the future, by faith Simeon knows that the Lord's promises would all be fulfilled in this child. As he held the Christ child in his arms, though the baby looked so weak and helpless, Simeon believed, knew and believed that this child was the mighty God, the promised Messiah, the Prince of Peace, the Savior, his Savior from sin and death. What peace, what overwhelming peace. And Simeon's words vividly picture that peace, especially when we look at them in the original. For you see, the word translated servant is the word for slave. And the word often translated dismiss or depart is the same word used when a slave is released and set free. What peace a former slave enjoys when he's released and set free. And that's what this child did for Simeon the Christ child still does for you and me, dear friends. He brings us peace because he sets us free. You see, we began life in warfare against God. We were his enemies. We were slaves to Satan fighting for him. But recall that first promise of the Savior made back to Adam and Eve after they had sinned. The Lord God, speaking to Satan, says... I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. 
Lord would change us from Satan's subjects into Satan's enemies. That's what that word enmity signifies for us. That's what it means. God will put enmity. He will change us from Satan's subjects to Satan's enemies. Rather than God's enemies and Satan's slaves, we would become Satan's enemy and instead have peace with God through the champion who would crush Satan's power. The Savior, the promised Savior born of woman. What peace he brings. Now sometimes, despite the Bible's clear testimony to our inborn sinfulness, sometimes people question whether we're really born totally at war against God. We don't have to look far to see the evidence of our inborn sinfulness now, do we, dear friends? Just contrast Simeon's heart and attitude, his joy, eagerness, delight, and longing for the Christ child. Contrast that with what we often find in our hearts. Simeon eagerly and regularly went to that temple, longing to see his Savior. But we get bored with hearing the gospel again and again. We find joy and delight in so many other things that seem more exciting to us. Hearing God's word becomes a chore. Learning it is just another thing to try to fit into a life that's already rather busy. Can we really fit God's word into it? Can't that wait for another day? There will always be Sunday next week. There will always be Bible study later on. The Bible's not going anywhere. I can just wait. think those attitudes come from the Holy Spirit or from our sinful nature? Yes, we don't have to look far, no farther than our own hearts, to see that by nature we were God's enemies. But here, dear friend, here is the Christ child. See your salvation. He sets you free. He releases you. You are no longer a slave to sin. For he has paid for every one of your sins with his sacrifice of himself on the cross. He has atoned for you. Depart in peace and live reconciled to God. For Jesus brings you peace. Here is the Christ child. See your salvation. You are no longer a slave to guilt. His resurrection proclaims your forgiveness. He brings you peace. Here is the Christ child. See your salvation. You are no longer a slave to Satan. For Jesus has crushed Satan's head, parading through hell in victory when he descended there. He brings you peace. Here is the Christ child. See your salvation. You are no longer a slave to the troubles, pains, and failures of this earthly existence. For your ascended Savior reigns over all for the good of you, his people, ruling with the power of God's right hand. He brings you peace. Here is the Christ child. See your salvation. You are no longer a slave to death. For as the conqueror of death, Jesus will raise all the dead when he comes again in glory on the last day and give and will give eternal life to all who believe in him. He brings you peace. And, and notice and cherish how Jesus brings you this peace home to you, dear Christians, in a most 
special way. No, we don't hold the Christ child in our arms as Simeon did, but we hold his body and blood in our mouths as he comes to us in the Lord's Supper. What a miracle. What a miracle that is. For that body that comes to us in the Lord's Supper is the same body that Simeon held in his arms and just as real body and blood that brings you peace. We not only see our salvation, we taste it. What peace he brings. And yet, we would never know this peace or enjoy it if God had kept it hidden. Notice what Simeon says. My eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. What light this child gives. Yes, what a light he is. From the very beginning, the Lord God did not keep his plan of salvation hidden, did he? In the days of Adam and in the days of Noah, the entire world knew God's saving promise. Now, over the years, did parents fail to teach their children, or did children like Cain rebel against the Lord's salvation, rejecting it? Was it a little bit of both? And yet, even after so many in this world had forgotten his promise, the Lord continued to descend his prophets, proclaiming his good news and writing it down. It was no secret. And when Jesus rose, he sent out his apostles. He sent them out to preach the good news to all creation, to be his witnesses to the ends of the earth, to preach repentance and forgiveness of sins in his name to all nations, making disciples by baptizing and teaching. And these apostles recorded their testimony as the Holy Spirit gave the words to write so that we still today have their testimony written down for us to believe. Yes, these are written that you and I may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing we may have eternal life in his name. The Lord did not keep his plan of salvation hidden He made it known for all to believe like a light shining out into the darkness. And so also into our inborn darkness, into our natural stubborn unbelief and inherited blindness. Jesus shines as the genuine light. He is the light that lightens the Gentiles. He is the light that reveals God's saving plan even to us who were not from Abraham's bloodline, to us who are Gentiles by birth. Jesus shines as that light that reveals God's saving plan so that even people like you and me can know it and believe through faith, through, through, through the power of the Holy Spirit. He has shattered our darkness. Yes, through the gospel in baptism and in his word, he has shattered our darkness. And he is also the light that is the glory of his people Israel. You see, this is the glorious purpose for which God had brought this people into a nation. The glorious purpose of one day sending his son, Jesus Christ, to be born from them. That is why he called Abraham to leave 
his home and promised him a son 20 centuries before the birth of Jesus. That is why he used Moses to bring the Israelites out of Egypt and gave them his law at Mount Sinai 15 centuries before Jesus' birth. That is why he raised David to Israel's throne and established his kingdom 10 centuries before Jesus' birth. And that is why he brought a remnant back from exile in Babylon, back to Jerusalem. Five centuries before Jesus' birth. All this, all this God was doing so that in the fullness of time, at just the right time, he sent his son. That was the glorious purpose for which this nation of Israel was to serve, to be the nursery for God's son. And what a tragedy that so many who call themselves Israel today reject Jesus. What a tragedy that so many other Jew and Gentile alike Continue to walk in the darkness of unbelief. What a tragedy when those who have seen Jesus as the Savior, as the light, fall away from faith and return to the darkness. But you, dear Christian, you know Jesus. You trust him. You believe in him. His light shines on you through his word and sacraments. Without those, without the word and sacraments, we would forever be in darkness. But by the gospel, God has called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. Jesus shines in your heart. You have seen your salvation. Don't return to the darkness. Don't return to that slavery, that warfare against God. Rather walk in the light. Follow Jesus, live for him, gladly hear and learn his word, cherish the light, cherish the light that shines from the scriptures, the light of Jesus Christ, cherish it as you eagerly wait for his turn, his return, even as Simeon eagerly waited to see him, for Jesus is your salvation, your peace your light. Amen. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.